0: Welcome to The Divorce Podcast, a podcast that aims to address divorce, separation, and co-parenting here in the UK, countering the often sensationalist way it's portrayed in the media, challenging the status quo, and driving for reform. On each episode, I'm joined by experts to discuss divorce, separation, and co-parenting from different angles, and to give their opinions and to debate them. I'm Kate Daly, a relationship counsellor and divorce coach, co-founder of Amicable, The Divorce Services Company and host of this, The Divorce Podcast. In this episode, I was joined by Julian Dean, who's an award-winning British stand-up comedian and writer. Julian has appeared on the Russell Howard Hour and supported Joe Lycett, John Bishop, Paul Chowdhury and Jason Manford on a world tour. He's also a writer with his credits, including TV shows, Nevermind the Buzzcocks and Mock the Week. We spend this episode talking about his experience of parenting after separation, when his two long-term relationships broke down. We explore his top tips for maintaining good working relationships with both his exes, with his five children front and centre of decision-making. We also touch on the impact of his own parents' separation. And this is a lovely episode all about making cooperative parenting really work. If you really love this episode or want to hear more episodes like this, then please make sure to rate us on your preferred listening platform. Enjoy the episode. So Julian, thanks very much for joining us today. You're here to talk to us a little bit about cooperative parenting after the breakdown of a long-term cohabiting relationship. Before we get into that, just give us a little bit of background. I understand you've had two long-term relationships and you've had children in both of those relationships so just give us a little synopsis of relationship status and how many kids and all of that kind
1: of stuff if you would yeah sure so that's correct yeah I've had two long-term relationships with children one of them I started quite young so we got together when I was about 17 I became a dad at 18 and we were together for about four years with two children two boys and we broke up and then my last relationship was 18 years with three children, and we broke up about nearly four years ago, about three and a half years ago. So, yeah, they're they're my two kind of major long-term relationships thus far. Okay.
0: And was there a big difference in the way those relationships ended, given there was quite a big difference in the sort of length of time of them? Did that have an impact, or was it similar because children were
1: involved both times? obviously i was a lot younger when the first one ended so i was i was a different kind of uh in a different frame of mind different time in my life i wasn't as mature i'd never been through this before so they were different actually yeah and the children were younger in my first one um they were like toddlers where my second one the youngest was she was about 6 i think when we broke and the oldest must have like they were like young teens so um, it felt it felt a lot cleaner and simpler uh, maybe that was me i was in a, a a different place i was more of an adult you could say so i was just a bit more aware and conscious of everything all the moving parts and stuff and it was a bit more planned and organized i guess you could say but the first one was a bit you know te- although i was probably about 21 you know, when you look back now, like I was a child in a in a lot of ways as well. So they were different, yeah. I get on with both mums though. So not straight away, <laughs> the first one as, but quite quickly actually. I did. We did kind of know that the most important thing is to get on for the children, even even at a young age. Yeah,
0: that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because that's quite a mature place to get to, and lots of people don't ever get there so to you know it sounds like it was perhaps a slightly more chaotic breakup you were younger you know you never done this before presumably so to come out of that and still be on good terms what enabled that what was it about the two of you do you think that enabled you to stay on reasonable terms for the children
1: I mean it had its little hurdles so it wasn't all you know beautiful (laughs) But I think I really had to dig deep, and because I I was quite hurt actually when I when that one ended, and I had to just really dig deep. I guess it was quite a pro- very profound time for me, and it, it took it took months. But yeah, it was always I was trying to kind of protect the children. I when I was a child, I went through you know my parents hating each other and arguments for years and stuff. And I kind of didn't want that, you know, because it do, it does have a big effect on children, stuff like that.
0: Did your parents split up when you were young, then, or did they stay together in an acrimonious relationship?
1: They stayed together till I was 15, and uh, it, it, there wasn't a day that they got on, yeah, basically. So I definitely didn't want that.
0: So you knew from your own sort of personal experience that this idea of staying together for the kids, just as a kid on the receiving end of that, wasn't a place you wanted to be. And so did that enable you to make that decision or or was it not
1: your decision? The first one wasn't really my decision, actually. So there wasn't a choice with that, but I knew if we're separated, it's important to try to get on as best as we can for the kids as well. And not kind of, you know, use them as pawns and as some people do with this stuff. But the second one was kind of, it was my decision, I guess, to, yeah, to to kind of move out. Because, you know, it was a, it was a, a tricky relationship the last few years. And I feel like I tried everything. So it was a lot more kind of, it was completed. You know what I mean? I felt a lot more peace of mind with um, leaving that. I just had to sort the logistics out and things.
0: And how did you go about that? So, you know, how do you how do you sort the logistics out of going your separate ways when you've got a family? Tell me a little bit about that. What happened? What
1: do you do? Well, my main thing was that I have to be close by enough to take my youngest to school every day or most days and pick her up because that's something I really enjoyed doing. And also... You know, take her swimming. Just do a lot of the. The other two are a little bit older, so they kind of. I've got a good relationship with them as well. But like my oldest son, I kind of get. I take him to the gym, so although we've stopped that for the last few weeks because he's been busy, but it was very important to me to be there for my youngest daughter and and do the school run. So when I say logistics, I just mean finding somewhere to live nearby, essentially near to them and near to the school because I pick her. Sometimes she stays here, but even when she doesn't, I drive to there, pick her up and take her to school. So that was the main thing logistically that was in my mind. If I could make that work quite effortlessly and easily, then it, you know, it would be okay. Yeah.
0: But that's no mean feat, is it, trying to make all the logistics work? Because to get two homes in a similar area where, you know, particularly if you live in a big city and there's the whole sort of commuting across the city part of it involved, It's it's tricky, isn't it? So did you have some help to do that? Or did you just do this between the two of you?
1: Well, it wasn't as sort of organized as that. It was kind of organized more subconsciously, I guess. But it was kind of in my mind for a few, I'd say a couple of years at least. And then I thought, oh, we can make the relationship work. And then once I started to look at places to live, I knew that I'd kind of, yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah. And that was kind of a big sign for me. Obviously I've kind of made a little bit of a decision in my head. And then the the actual split of the day that I moved out, we had a big argument. And it was like, oh, why don't we split up? But that was kind of, you know, that has been said so many times. We had talked about it and then made it work and then talked about it and made it work kind of thing because it's quite a scary thing to do. It's a big life change, isn't it? So then I just went after that and that's when I just kind of put a bag together and went and just kind of stayed at a friend's house and that was it. I kind of, it was in my head, this is it. And so from that, that was a bit of a messy few weeks because I didn't have anywhere to live. And then I found somewhere that was ideal. And I just feel since that, making that leap, everything just fell into place really well, actually. And although it is, you know, the, the logistics are tricky to navigate, I think it's a lot more tricky to navigate a difficult relationship when the communication is... When you communicate very differently, I think that it is, uh, it felt to me like that was impossible to do. It was impossible to sort of carry on with it. So, you know, the logistics, the finding place to live, the school run stuff, the keeping a good relationship with my children was the easier, softer way. It was a lot easier. Yeah. And it all fell into place quite nicely.
0: It's interesting the way you describe that sort of the ending of the relationship where it's not just a you know a very clean break, and off you go because you've made a decision, but there's some there's so much toing and froing, isn't there in that period of breakdown when you are trying to get things back on track and you know it's one step forward, two steps back until actually something like you say gives and you pack the bag and you leave and then there are all of the complications of sorting out how you're going to remain part of your children's lives. I wonder what was in the forefront of your mind at that time. You said you know, I knew I needed to be part of it, but but what sort of drove you on at that stage? What were you imagining life would look like as a separated parent? Did you have a view of what life would look like? Did you have something to aim for, or was it just something you just had to do and it had to unfold?
1: It's a good question. At the time, I just felt like if I had somewhere to, I I was really looking at the, just a little short-term goal was enough for me. Even if I had a hotel room somewhere, it would be night and day in improvement on, on the situation we were in. All I was thinking about were the fundamentals, really. I can have a good relationship with my children, but the only difference was that I was living you know, nearby, but somewhere else.
0: You're making a really interesting point, which is the importance of having two parents is absolutely, you know, what we know works for children, but that doesn't mean the two parents have to live in the same house. It's really important as you've just so beautifully highlighted that you stay engaged with your kids. That's what makes the difference rather than you both have to live physically in the same proximity, because if if that creates the toxic environment or that creates the environment where you can't thrive as an individual, you can't be a great parent if you're feeling rubbish as an individual. If you've got the pressure of a a relationship that's not working on your shoulders, whether you're a man or a woman, it's just going to impair your ability to parent. So I was really interested and I really like what you were just describing about the importance of two really engaged happy healthy parents and the notion that where those two parents reside and whether they reside together or not is kind of almost irrelevant. Don't you think that takes the element of failure out of it as well a bit because you know I think as as people have been divorced or separated we labor under this idea that we failed in some way and I think it's it's not a it's not a helpful notion and I just I wonder if actually looking at it in a different way and saying, I'm still here and present as a parent, as is the other parent. That's the way we should be looking at it and saying, well, however we've done that, that means, you know, we've had a successful relationship because
1: we're still both parents to our children. I think definitely. And I also think that, which is an interesting perspective, but I also believe that your children want you to be happy. And when you're happy, you're going to do everything better, aren't you? You're going to be a better parent. You're going to have a better energy. You're going to be more enthusiastic. And also, the time that I have now with my children, I make sure it's really quality time. We're creating lovely memories. Um, I mean, I see them so frequently, but you know, when I split up, I honestly, I, I felt like I was, I could breathe again. And there's not, there wasn't a moment that I, I kind of thought it was a bad decision. It's unfolded to be like even three years later to be a a really, really good decision for us to separate. I felt like I was kind of suffocated and my children aren't going to get the best dad if, you know, we probably both felt like that really. Um, They're not going to get the best from each individual parent if, you know there's a big elephant in the room, or there's a big gray cloud over our relationship, and I do yeah it, it your your children want you to to see you happy, you know, and you're a better parent, yeah, that was my point,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you are a better parent, i think I think being happy yourself gives you the opportunity to parent well and without that fundamental underlying happiness, as you so eloquently said. It just doesn't work. What are the ways that you have learned to co-parent? What things do you do with either of your exes that have really worked and have helped that cooperative parenting approach?
1: Well, I do make sure that I am there for their mum as well. And when she's getting overwhelmed with stuff, I try to take the burden. Say if there's a school issue or... My eldest daughter um, got diagnosed with autism last year, and she there was a lot of stuff to navigate with that. Her kind of anxiety, her you know the condition, how it manifests. It's, it's very individual in every children in every child, but the way it manifested for her, there was a lot of issues in getting her to school, and I'd be there for that in lockdown as well for the homeschooling. I was you know, like I just threw myself, I had nothing else to do anyway. And I really enjoyed doing it. I just threw myself into that a bit. So I was learning my GCSEs and trying to teach them in the day and stuff. And But I think that to, to manage it, I try and take the burden off of their mum as well. So she doesn't feel like she's on her own navigating uh, parenting two teenagers and a nine-year-old. And they're really they're really great kids, relatively easy, compared to what I was like as a teenager. So, and they're, they're a very loving family, and she's such a great mum. She's so maternal, and I'm so grateful that my children have got, you know, two great mums. I've got, you know, I've got two baby mamas. Um, but, yeah, they're really loving maternal people, so they have got that, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: We have a sort of a... A way of looking at things where we we say when things first break down, you need to re establish the relationship. And we often talk about having a sort of quite business like relationship at first with your new co parent because there's that transition, isn't there, from being in a relationship with somebody where you've got you know, the intimate relationship, which is oiling the wheels of cooperation and and how you co-parent and all of that kind of stuff. And when the intimacy goes, because you're no longer together in that way, we always talk about having to redefine and reconnect the relationship. And, you know, we often say it goes onto a more business-like footing, but what you're describing is actually something quite a bit more than that. So if you have to describe the relationship. What what words do you use to describe the relationship you now have with your ex-partners?
1: I would describe it as we're good friends, actually. I wouldn't say we ever did it business-like at all. I'd say we've got very good rapport. We can disagree here and there. But I think, yeah, I think we've grown the relationship, the separated relationship. You know, we've got something amazing in common, you know, three amazing children. And I think that kind of is the basis of our relationship, obviously. Um, cause people with no children don't tend to sort of speak frequently, do they? But the, I mean, the other day we're, we're laughing our heads off at talking about memories of, of one of our children and, and stuff like that. And it, it was just really nice. We've, we've still got those beautiful memories as well of when the, the eldest were like toddlers and really funny stuff that they did and it's just I just feel it's really as about as healthy as it could be really at the moment anyway. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But um we're getting on very well and we're just I'd say we're there's a closeness. There's a you know, you've you've been together eighteen years. You know each other very well. You want each other to be happy, I guess. And we're friends, I guess. Yeah
0: and how does that fit in with like your sort of onward life so have you you've gone on from a relationship do you have now a blended family So do do all the children get together ever and and do you have that sort of blended family where or or are you do you stick in your two respective families
1: i guess they they're they're quite separate really although my oldest son and my third eldest son, which is my oldest son from my second batch of kids. They chat a little bit on Snapchat and stuff, which is nice for me to know that they're kind of chatting to each other, but they don't. um I actually do. I'd really love that if everybody, all five of them got together and we had sort of a family holiday or something, but the two oldest are in their twenties and kind of Got their own life now but that's kind of what I would love really uh, yeah but no I don't ever see them all together no
0: have you used the separation and the co-parenting as material before or is it something that's just not you know up for comedic value
1: I would do I I, I mean I mention it in a couple of jokes I don't I don't really really unpack it properly but it's not off the table no I definitely would. Yeah. And and I guess the role that, I mean, mean, that's the material side of it, but being a comedian did put a strain on it, on the relationship. And I don't know whether, because I was away nearly every weekend, I don't know whether that stretched the relationship out too long, if that makes sense, because you're seeing them less, if that makes sense. Or, or actually caused a, a breakdown, I guess, because, you know, I'd be at hotels on my own. So that's why I guess living apart wasn't wasn't completely unknown to me because I was away most weekends in a hotel room anyway. But it's definitely hard to manage a relationship if I'm away at the weekends and, you know, she's working in the day. It's hard to kind of manage a relationship like that, yeah.
0: And when you look back over the 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 separations and then the bringing up children in separated in that cooperative parenting way separated what do you think are the standout tips that you have for doing that why have you been able to navigate it very well twice what is it that you have done that you would like to pass on to other people
1: i would say and i'm no expert and and the first one wasn't totally smooth but i have learned a lot along the way and i think if you keep the children you know their their kind of peace of mind and their wholesomeness and their innocent childhood at the forefront of event if anything try and keep them out of any kind of disputes try and talk openly and honestly and i think try and listen to your partner as well because people can kind of you know just want closure and want to win and want to point score when they're splitting up because you're both just I think closure is also overrated as well. Cause for a while you got, you got things that aren't completely completed in, in your head about, you know, little disputes and they were wrong. They were wrong. You know what I mean? And it's just, just accept that, you know, relationships, when they end, you don't have complete closure in your head about certain things. And it's just about just accepting that and, and making peace with that. And it's not about you more than the children it's about them and just keeping them sheltered I guess from any kind of toxicity in a relationship
0: well it's, it's really great to end on some super tips and advice for how you navigate cooperative parenting thank you so much for telling us all about that Julian it's been really fascinating listening to it what are you up to and where can people find out a bit more about you
1: Well, I do a podcast called TVI. You can Google TVI podcast. It stands for Two Vegan Idiots, but we don't talk about veganism at all. We just have a a comedian guest on most weeks. Sometimes we do it on our own. I'm doing stand-up all over the place, so you can find me on um, Instagram, Julian Dean Comedian on Instagram. Comedian afterwards, just in case people don't get it.
0: And of course, um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kate underscore daily. And you can hear about new podcast episodes by following at divorce underscore podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode with Julian and want to subscribe to more, you can visit the com. Thank you so much, Julian, for joining us. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And thank you as well for listening.